Welcome to Sabalira. I'm Shepherd Bridgetower. And I'm Henry Dubois. And we're still friends. Um, Henry, good to see you. It's been, I guess it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Good to see you too, Shepard. Yeah. Uh, it does feel like a while, although not that long ago that we last saw each other and uh, talked about some good things. That's good. How have you, how have you been? <laughs> I've life? been very well. Yeah. Life is going well, going swell. No. <laughs> so, by, the, by the way, that's a surfing phrase, isn't it? Like a yeah. swell. Yeah. A swell's good. Yeah, I it is. Like people like drowned when it's a swell. Yeah, but it helps you. Then you can catch a wave, right? Yeah, you can just die. Yeah, you could. But I assume people who made up the phrase are good surfers and hopefully they're not dying. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. I get, well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But would that mean, like, yeah, I guess so. That's true. Yeah. Well, but anyway, but no, life is going well. Yeah. Uh, not too much or just keeping busy, just, you know. Doing the, the, the usual, I have to say, you know. Usual. Yes. Bit of work, bit of play, yeah, exactly. bit of social. Exactly. You know? no, nothing out of the ordinary. Just all the good stuff in, in, in inappropriate proportions. Yeah. What's that's the saying? Good. All work and no play makes someone... Someone not a fun person. <laughs> really? No, wouldn't it be the opposite? If you're all work and no... Wait. Oh, that's true. Actually. Yeah, yeah. all I, work I and no play. That's true. All play and no work. I mean, that also means... unemployed. Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. by definition, <laughs> you're no work. But, I mean, or you could be very successfully employed. Self-employed. That is true. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's where you want to be. Like, I feel as though, like... I mean, we're not getting there yet. But I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Sort of. At least, I don't know what that really means. But there's a part of me that's just like... What you really mean is you're sort of an independent human being who mm. sort of like, you know, does whatever you want. Making horizontal money. Probably. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just doing what you want, when you want, however you want. Yeah. But yeah. 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 It'd be a nice, um, a nice, I mean, I guess for those who, who get there, it's a nice, uh, a nice sort of place to be in life. I no. assume. No. Well, yes. No, no doubt. Well, mm. I can only assume. Uh, yeah. I'm not there yet or yeah. no, I will ever get there. Maybe, oh, probably not. Henry, Henry, <laughs> as I said, we're on the precipice of, you know, dominating the global financial industry. And once we, once we have our tentacles sort of well and surely sort of around the, uh, mm. the global financial industry, then we can, you know, we can yes, start making some horizontal money. Actually, we won't even, yeah, we'll, we'll just like, we'll just vibe. We'll just live a vibe based existence. Yeah. Where, well, you know, we just, um, I don't just know. Just vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, is that what you've been up to since we last saw each other? Yeah. Just vibing? I mean, I mean yeah, I get, well, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, That's but, reassuring. Yeah. I mean, I've just, I mean, yeah, just, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, not like, I just doing the old, just working. Yep. And, uh, yeah, mostly that, just thinking about fun stuff when I can. And, uh, you know, seeing family and, mm. you know, great banter with friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a balanced life you're, you're, you're living. I mean, look, I, I, I try and, you know, be as balanced as I can. So, mm. But yeah, look, as I said, it's good to catch up and it's good, you know, that we're still friends and that this podcast is, uh, you know, living up to its primary mm. function, which is to maintain the bond forged... Mm. by our days, um, you know, being housemates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll move on to our, our first segment. It's our I'm not a businessman segment. Um, mm. And I guess this, this is where I normally rant about my latest, um, you know, thinking in relation to this mechanism. Mm. And today will be no exception. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've so had yeah. some developments there. I... I mean, I'm not sure if they're developments, but like, 
they're sort of adjacent related thoughts. Hmm. So I was thinking about, um, you know, I guess you don't have to be a sort of financial expert <laughs> to know that, um, that like things aren't great from a, um, uh, like political, sorry, not political, like e- e- economic perspective. Um, because like sort of interest rates are going up, um, and okay, well, I guess sort of inflation is the, the, the big issue is a big sort of topic of kind of conversation at the moment globally. Mm. Um, and to sort of tackle that, um, sort of central banks are utilizing, um, interest rates mm. to sort of tamp the old inflation mm. down to, mm. you know, mean that the dollar that you're earning today isn't going to be worth nothing you know, mm. tomorrow. Mm. Wage rises too. Exactly. I mean, well, 5.2%. Oh, really? Is, I mean, oh, that's, well, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, yeah. I'm not an economist, but like, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see if there's any impact of... I mean, I don't think there would be, but... Mm. No, I don't think there would be, but it would be sort of fairly marginal in terms of the, the, the influence of, of, of wage rises on, um, mm. on inflation, nonetheless. Anyway, point being, central banks sort of have one big tool that they use to, to fine-tune the economy, or I guess to tune the economy, which is interest rates. And my thought was, potentially, this mechanism offers an insight into some other sort of... Um, variables that can be used to fine-tune the economy. Hmm. Um, and I believe a couple of episodes, but maybe whatever, a handful of episodes back, we talked about um, the, the sort of logic behind um, the idea that this mechanism allowed sort of things to be valued at a, you know, at a value approaching infinity. Hmm. So the idea that, you know, so in the basic equation was the difference between the price of market two and market one was the um, was the was the numerator, mm-hmm. and then the denominator was the interest rate, mm-hmm. and that was influenced by by time. Mm. So essentially, the the higher the interest rate, the uh, greater the price. The lower the the, the 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 shorter the time. The time being how long it takes to buy in market one and sell in market two. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher the the, the the value of the of, you know, of the thing in the mechanism. And obviously, the greater the difference between the price of market one and market two, the greater the value mm. of the thing in the mechanism. And the, the, the sort of the variable that brings it towards, um, that brings the value of any good place in this mechanism towards infinity is the decreasing time. So as the mm. time that you can trade between market one and market two decreases, because the, the profit is risk-free, um, the 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 sort of the value of the contract sort of should approach infinity mm. because you essentially yes. should be able to pay any amount of money to get a guaranteed profit back mm. at an infinitesimally small amount of time. Yes. Anyway, that is all to say, what if, so, 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 so I guess if, if you look at the equation, there's a, there's the, there's a numerator, which is the difference in market one and market two, mm-hmm. then the denominator, which is um, the interest rate interest divided rate. by mm-hmm. time. So the interest rate's already, already sort of um, used by, the central bank to 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 um to regulate the economy. Mm-hmm. So when things are going bad, you decrease interest rate to make the cost mm-hmm. of money fall. Things are going good, you increase the interest rate to make money a bit harder to get to sort of mm. prevent prices from 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 skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Now, what if you could change the time? So what if you could sort of influence the time in which a transaction could be made between market one and market two? So instead of transactions just being made every sort of whatever every day, you could shorten it to every hour. You know, if though every hour you could, you know, so if every day you could also sort of make it longer, to so say you can only have one transaction in every mm. every two days. Now, what would that do if the time is 
increase. So essentially, if you can have, if you make fewer transactions, that means the value of the contract would fall. If you make more transactions, the value of the contract would rise. Now, if you go to the difference between the price of market one and market two, if the price was, so if, if the price difference was greater, the value of the contracts would rise. If it was lower, the price of the contracts would fall. fall. Mm-hmm. Now, how could this then be used to sort of do something useful in the economy? Now, my, my thought was, what if you could like, um, essentially allow public institutions into market one? So the only people that are allowed in market one are public institutions. So they can buy the contracts issued by the central bank, which would essentially issue contracts in market one and then just control this, this system. So if I, was a pri- if I was a public institution and say the interest rate was whatever, 5% mm. and I could make more than 5% if I bought in market one and sold in market two, I would just borrow a heap of money, buy contracts in market one, sell in market two, mm-hmm. and then get the extra money. And then now if I'm a hospital and I have a bit more, a bit more money to pay for, mm. I don't know, a new MRI machine or expand another mm. wing or whatever. But then if the government's just like, hey, look, the economy is running a bit too hot. Yes, we can increase um, interest rates. But you also just want to tamp down the amount of money in the public sector. I mean, I don't know why and whatever. <laughs> why you do that, who knows? But the point is, if you want to just tamp down the money in the in the public sector, you can be like, now let's make the the difference between market one and market two. Let's reduce that difference such that it's 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 lower than the cost of borrowing. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the cost of borrowing money is more expensive than mm-hmm. the the um the difference difference between market the one and market markets, two. Yes. The point being, you can't just borrow money at say five percent and mm. then use that money to buy something that you're gonna make three percent on because then mm. that's, that means you're losing money. Yes. So then that that means the system will be tamped down. That means there's less sort of free money flying around. Mm. So I guess that's one of the ways that you could fight in the economy. And the people then the question is like, who be in market two? The the person in the, the you know the people in market two would be sort of private investors and banks or whatever. So the market one will be only accessible to public institutions. So they're the ones who can buy, so who can sell in market, uh, who can buy into market one and then sell in market one. Mm. But then anyone in market two can sell in market one, but they can't necessarily buy in market one unless they're a public institution. Mm. But market two is just a free for all. It's just an open market. I guess the point of that would be, at least in my mind, you can sort of fine tune the economy a bit more because you have time as a variable, interest rate as a variable, in addition to... um, the difference between market one and market two, market two is a variable. So now you have three variables as opposed to one. And then like, um, I guess one of the other issues with, with sort of using interest rates to, 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 to sort of shepherd the economy is like, so interest rates um, influence the cost of, of, of borrowing. And like, no one, not no one, but like when people, when, when, when money is cheap, people tend to like asset prices tend to rise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, the most obvious one is housing prices. So when, when money is cheap, everyone, not everyone, but you know, people have more money to borrow things. So to borrow, people tend to, um, borrow and buy things like houses mm. and also banks are more comfortable giving people loans to things like houses because, you know, they're, you know, there's sort of an, you know, there's a sort of intrinsic value in houses, which mm. is often associated with the land and location. Mm. So then you have these massive um, uh, bubbles, not massive, but oh, we have these sort of inflationary pressures in certain areas, which are, which 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 are sort of asset prices in addition to, to to um to housing. But then none of this cheap money. All this cheap money is rarely used for, like services, like roads or um or hospitals mm. or like you know public schools or whatever. Mm. But then when you know interest rates rise and the economy goes down, like roads and all these public services are, are sort of 
you know, aren't immune to that. So they don't benefit when things are going well, but they're not immune for when things are going bad. Mm. So sort of like trying to sort of create a system in which the benefits of, um, of, of policy designed to stimulate the economy are experienced by the public sector or the public system is, I think, another benefit of this, of this system. Hmm. So like when things go well, everything's going well, not just like the private sector or the asset sort of, you know, sec- section of the economy is going well, but the whole economy is going well. And then the idea is like, yes, you know, if there's sort of inflation and that needs to be tackled, yes, asset prices might go down, but at least like public services are still, are still fundamentally strong because you can sort of like fine-tune the system to like make sure that they're well-supported whilst controlling inflationary pressures. So, like, if you had to increase interest rates, you could do that. Yes, that would cool down the economy. But then you could say, like, increase the difference between market one and market two to ensure that public services are still getting funded well. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's I, don't, I don't know how much sense that makes, but <laughs> in my mind, that's kind of interesting. Um, and I guess we'll, um, we'll have to put something up on the, uh, on the old website, which might explain it a bit more. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Uh, Henry? I think that's a very intriguing way to apply the mechanism. Mm. I guess the one question that springs to my mind is, wouldn't this mean that you are then increasing the power differential between the public and private spheres? Because then it'll give the public institutions a lot of power, wouldn't it? Yes. How, How so, I guess? Because then I guess they would indirectly or directly be the ones controlling what the overall value of those things are, so, right? So, because... so, yeah, so, so, so they wouldn't be the ones controlling the value of the sort of the contracts themselves. Mm. But, uh, like, that would be, you know, I would say it will be, be, well, in my mind, it will be the role of the central bank to control or to sort of alter those values over, over time. They'll be a key player, though, because they would be the ones selling the contracts yeah, to market true. too. That is true. Right? That is true. Yeah, that is true. And, and, and my thing is, like, is that a bad thing well i'm not sure yeah it's just something that i i thought about yeah but mm. i think i think you're right like yeah there would be a sort of shift in shift of power mm. from well i think most i don't think it's it, it's controversial to say that most western economy okay, well, probably most 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 global economies are are sort of um driven primarily mm. by the by the private sector which, which isn't necessarily mm. a bad thing but yeah i do think there would be a um a, I think well, there would there probably be yeah, a a bit of a re, re, redistribution of power more towards the public sector, mm. um, which which you know I don't think is 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 um you know is this sort of wholly bad. No, no, um, I mean, yeah, I'm not suggesting that it is necessarily yeah. bad. But I think another thing that, that that I was thinking of with regards to sort of changing in power structures, like assuming this was, I mean, look, we're making a very big assumption. <laughs> assuming this was to work, like. I, how would governments approach taxation? Mm. Because the whole point of taxes is to, is to like raise taxes to pay for public services. But mm. the issue is like no government wants to raise taxes because mm. it's sort of political suicide and like who do you tax and mm. everyone, like mm. no one is like, hey, I want to pay more taxes. But the cost of public services are continually rising and we all need public services. And public services are, you know, the backbone for like, you know, sort of solid, you know, private industry. Mm. So I guess like if, and 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 not like the you know the other sort of big, I mean government has a lot of power obviously can enforce laws mm. but like the sort of 
you know how it distributes money is also is is also a, a a way in which it wields power. So taking it out of the government, so taking funding, and I guess it won't totally be taking funding, but reducing the burden of funding on the government mm. and then giving it to essentially the central bank. Like I wonder what implications that would that would have. Yeah, and and I think that's that's essentially the question, isn't it? Mm. Um, I I guess the second second question I had in mind was then, would the public institutions in Market One be able to determine who they sell those contracts to in Market Two? As in, will there be any restrictions on who they can sell those contracts to? No. Well, I guess what, what sort of restrictions would would you be thinking about? For example, a public hospital in Market One can only sell to these sort of these listed institutional clients. I mean, I mean, I mean, in the look, market. I, don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, look, in my mind, it's probably like it's, it would be like a sort of pretty free market. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, look, honestly, I haven't thought too much about who would make up markets too. Mm, yeah, I guess, it, yeah, I'm a question about the identity of the private players mm, in mm, market too, because mm. I would assume that people who can afford to buy those contract mm. would be your big power brokers anyway exactly so in, wouldn't in the private world. so in that sense wouldn't it just benefit everyone because the public system is getting sort of this mechanism where it can like supplement its it's the finance mm. like it's sort of funding that it gets from the government and mm. then the private people aren't missing out because they can just be part of market too and still you know mm. generate like get some of that you know hop on the gravy train so like <laughs> i guess yeah. doesn't mm. everyone Everyone gets a bit of the gravy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, it, it comes full circle in a way. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll have to think more about it. Yeah. I feel yeah. this one's a bit more, I mean, I think it's a bit more sort of nuanced than the uh, mm. than the others. Because now you're talking about public policy there, uh, Shepard. Exactly. This might have some serious implications. Ah, uh, look, it's it's highly unlikely <laughs> that it would. But honestly, we spent, how many, we spent 18 minutes talking about this. <laughs> And look, honestly, if you if you have if you have sat through or listened to that conversation, I commend you, <laughs> and thank you greatly. And uh, you know, you might have some views. Yourselves. Exactly. If if you have some views, look. If you if you have some views, one, I'll be very impressed. Two, thank you. Three, we should please share them. Hey, well, exactly. Please <laughs> share them, and you know, you are probably you know a walking genius because you know mm. yeah you're a good person. Nonetheless, <laughs> honestly, I think I think that's that's. That's, I feel that that's the longest we've talked about a business idea for. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. <laughs> no, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I, think, I mean, you need time to explain the intricacies of the that mechanism. That is true. But so. I said, we'll put something on uh, shepherdbridgetower.com. You can go and read it up and, you know, mm. digest it. Next is our What's Cooking segment. And um, Henry, you came up with a couple of really good topics for the What's Cooking segment. Would you like to... Lead us, into the, lead us into the water. Let's jump mm, on in. Into the water, into the guts mm. of it all. I guess the, the one that I like to start with is about uh, the whole dining experience. And mm. when you're paying for food, when mm. you go to a restaurant or a cafe, are you paying solely for the food that mm. you're being served? Mm. Or are you also paying for the experience that is, you know, the waiting of the table, yeah. the, the ambience, yeah. the music and yeah. the customers that walk in? Yeah. Um, because I've noticed recently that, you know, we, even with takeaway foods or delivered yeah. food, yeah. they charge the same price by the delivery fee. Mm, yeah. Then I guess, you know, then I assume then what the restaurants are thinking then that the value is solely in the food. Mm. 
then the question is, why do they spend so much money on, you know, the artwork you hang exactly. on the wall? And on, I know. tell you, like, yeah, that is true. It's like, they, the value proposition is not the same. Hmm. I mean, they, sh- they, and I guess, yeah, they shouldn't be equal. Like, let's sort of exclude, like, delivery services, because hmm. I guess that's a different conversation. But if you go to a store and dine in hmm. versus going to a store and taking away, for my, like, from, if I'm the store, I'm like, I can sell an unlimited amount of takeaway food, mm. but I I can only sell a limited number of dining. Yes. Like, sorry, I can only have a limited number of dining customers. Mm-hmm. I can have an unlimited number of takeaway customers. Mm. So if I have a lim- if I have a limited number of takeaway customers, that should influence the price, right? Shouldn't they have a higher price than this thing that's unlimited to takeaway customers? So that should have a slightly lower price. This is re- a relatively low price price mm. because, like, you're right. Like, if part of the dining experience is like sort of experiencing the, you know the sort of sights and sounds of a restaurant, like you sort of miss that when you, when you, when you're taking away. And thus, I'm not, I'm not sure if you should be charged less, mm. but like at least someone dining in should be charged more. <laughs> so that by definition means you should be charged less to take away food. Oh. But like, I can, I, I can also see how, I should, yeah, like I haven't thought about it that much. And you, you've read, raised a very good point. Like I am surprised that people don't charge more for like for dining dining yeah because hmm. it does make all the sense in the world yeah and you know this just got me thinking then this is effectively two markets right yeah you have a dining and you takeaway market mm. and yeah you have one the price of one is we we think anyway it should be higher than yeah, the other exactly there's an arbitrage opportunity here maybe yeah, the mechanism can, can no. come into play and that's not really because like <laughs> you can't really like you could have contracts for dining in yeah. And then you have another market where you will sell those contracts for people who take away and swap that for a dining experience. Yeah, but like, I mean, do people see the value in it? Like, I feel as though the dining, the dining experience now is, is less valuable than it used to be. Really? I, I feel like it's more valuable because really? I find, well, personal anecdotal experiences, I found restaurants to be booked out. Uh, during the week, so yeah, I feel like it's more to, valuable. Is that because you go to good restaurants? No, listen, just like how how early on are you are, are you booking these places? Not even that early. How I would early. say a week, you know, yeah, a couple no, of days. But most, most, like, no, okay. But most people, like, if you're going to catch up with someone next week, yeah. you're probably going to book a place this week, right? Yeah, probably. I think that's if, true. If if like mm. dining in was so popular, then there'd be like a month's waiting list for like some random place. Some places do actually have a month's waiting really? list. Really? Yeah. A month. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I've, they should just say that. That's a sign that that they should just expand. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Or they're not very efficient. Well, oh, oh, or maybe they just like the the um the the ex the exclusivity. Mm. It's part of like going to the place and being like, oh, hey, I have a table at you know restaurant wide, and then maybe and like, yeah, how would you get a table at restaurant wide? Has a month long waiting <laughs> list. It's not like going to Harvard. <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh my god, it's mostly hard to go to Harvard. It's like, oh, if Harvard was really that good, like actually no, we were having this conversation earlier. It's mm. like if something is really that good, yeah. don't you want to share it? Share it, yeah. It's like I've never had a great a great experience, and I'm just like, man, that was honestly the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm going to keep it a secret. But maybe that's part of the part of it, right? The exclusivity and the secrecy is what makes it what well, exclu- good. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's not <laughs> a thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, really? Yes. Like, just because no one can do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I guess the the broad point is like, I guess that's just uh, that that probably just contributes a bit to their sort of marketing, and the idea is like, hey, let's just reject a whole lot of people, and because so many people are rejected. That means that there is value in coming here because we reject a lot of people. Yeah, but, but, is, like, but it doesn't mean that there's value in it. Yeah, but isn't that the whole idea of, say, for example, one that comes to mind is um, 
patterns, for example. Yeah. You know, you have a formula, say, you know, Coca-Cola. You have yeah. a formula to making Coca-Cola. Yeah. And, you know, the value is in the secret itself, the secret formula. Is there really a formula to make Coke? I don't know. Coca-Cola, I would assume that, that is. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a formula for Coke and Coca-Cola. Exactly, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> and honestly, like, which one do you think is more valuable? Probably Coke. Yeah. Well, that was definitely more addictive. Yeah. Actually, no, sugar's pretty addictive too. Yes. Sugar's probably a bigger industry, right? Well, it was legal. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it interesting how big the Coke industry because it, it could be quite large, but like, yeah. it's, it, it, I guess it's but hard it's not to get. But it's consumed by everyone, though. Wait, but sugar is consumed Coke by everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's also hard to get like official data on, yeah, well, on exactly. the Coke industry. Maybe we have to speak to Escobar or something yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, I mean. Is he alive? No, he's not, I don't think. Is he? Actually, no, I think he was recently shot, wasn't he? I don't know. I mean, trying to escape prison or something like that. Is that is he the one who like no, had that Chaffin. tunnel under the? Oh, that's the one. Yeah, Chaffin was the bridge. Was, was the, the tunnel prison, guy? Tunnel guy. Yeah, yeah, with the golden toilet or something like that. Oh, does he? Look, I I still stand by a, a, you know a discussion that we had some time ago. The best way to sort out supply chain issues yeah. is to utilize cartels. These massively <laughs> underutilized sort of uh, Underworlds. You know, human. This, this is human capital that's not being utilized. Untapped West, potential. Best. Exactly. You know, that's another thing. So, like, another tool central banks can use to reduce inflation. <laughs> hiring more bosses to sort out the uh, the supply chain issues. Because, like, I'm sure those are, you know, sort of, you know, not doing great for... Like, sort of the, the supply chain issues are probably causing some inflationary pressures. So, if we iron those out by hiring cartel bosses... We reduce supply supply chain issues, <laughs> thus reduce prices. No need to increase interest rates. Like, come on, central bankers. <laughs> Where is the lateral thinking? I don't think we should be promulgating that on this podcast. I mean, no, we're not promulgating any... We, we, we're not sort of... We're not in any way endorsing, you know, illegal activity. But what we are saying is we need to, be la- we need to think laterally when mm. we have... You know, when, when we have problems facing society. Yes. And we need to utilize all the human capital available. Well, that is true. Because yeah. otherwise it's just not a very efficient society, isn't it? No, it's it? not. Like, you know, we're sort of, you know, we're using, you know, donkeys to run horse races and that's not good. <laughs> not saying anyone's a donkey, no, I'm not saying anyone's a horse, but I'm just saying like... Did it really have those donkey v. horse races? <laughs> <laughs> Surely horses win, right? Like, <laughs> how that's fast true. are donkeys? Surely not that fast. Yeah, I don't know. Also, what, you know, what are donkeys used for? Why are they still being bred? That's good. I mean... Yeah, well, yeah, they... What, yeah they are being bred. For what I mean, purpose? do they produce milk? Like, Yeah, they, there's a donkey milk. I'm pretty sure. Is there? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that camel milk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Camel milk, donkey milk, cow yeah. milk. Sure, I mean, cow milk is just milk, right? Yeah. Well, actually, that's interesting, right? Yeah. Cow milk is just milk. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone on a big <laughs> tangent. But yeah, like, the point being... Takeaway food should be cheaper than dining food. I think that, like, we we are yeah, happy to I think, accept I think that. Yeah, I think we've come to that sort of conclusion. But speaking of great dining experiences, <laughs> we are going to have one in about two weeks. Yes, we will. A dining experience that's going to be rivaled by very few. Mm. Well, the only rival was a dining experience that we had about maybe like a month, a month and a half ago. ago yeah, actually, thereabouts, yeah. Where we consumed um, chicken with, with, with our friends. Yes, but it was, mo- it was it was competitive. Well, they were both friends and not enemies, but and challenges. Friends and foes. Yeah, exactly. They were sort of friends and foes. And Sometimes you ended up being victorious. Congratulations! You, oh, no, you ate you. the most chicken. Yes, but not now, by choice. To, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no yes, God had a gun to your head. This is you know, this was. Yeah, <laughs> I will accept that. Yeah, um, crowning yeah. glory. I mean, exactly. It's just you know. 
it's it's it, it's it's one it's one of the, it's, it's one of the biggest regrets that I did win that chicken eating contest. I know I was so disappointed. Yeah, it's, uh, in you strike against my character. Yeah, exactly. Nonetheless, but I shall have the opportunity to redeem myself mm-hmm. in about in, in exactly two weeks actually. Mm, where yes. we're having a uh, sushi eating challenge. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I am very much looking forward you to... You prepped? I'm prepped. I mean, mm. I've been preparing all my life for this. Really? Yes, I have. In fact, I frequently eat sushi for lunch. It's... What's your go-to sushi? Oh, my go-to sushi is... Well, I get a mixture. So uh-huh. there are three kinds. One uh-huh. is a tempura prawn uh, sushi roll, which I quite like because it's yeah. crispy prawn. Uh, I get a chicken, a crispy chicken, no mm-hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. And then, oddly enough, an avocado roll. What? I know. Why? Oh. I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like that's a good mixture. You know, I've got some chicken, I've got some seafood, and I've got some green, I guess. But why do you want green wrapped up in seaweed or whatever they use? <laughs> I don't mind it. I think I just like avocado, maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but <clears throat> you, I definitely need um, ginger and wasabi, though. That oh, is no. mandatory. I'm not a wasabi. That though. is I'm mandatory. soy sauce, me. No, I, I think that that forms part of the experience. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a mandatory for me. It's, I'm always the person who gives say, give me more ginger and more wasabi. Oh, really? Yes. I'm just strict like chicken, sushi, soy sauce. Mm. See you later. See you later. See you later. <laughs> do, you, do you, well, how much soy sauce do you use? Do you use I mean, no, one, no, no. one of mean, those fish, fish yeah. bombs per sushi Ooh. roll? Probably. I think so. Really? Yeah. That much soy sauce? Really? Is that a lot? I probably use one of those fish things, soy sauce four sushi rolls. Oh, what? That's the, no. Yes. That's such dry sushi. Not dry really? sushi, but like, no. No, I don't use that much soy sauce. I feel like it, it just ruins the flavor. Found another flaw in your character, oh, I Henry. Know. I'm disappointed. Oh. First it was the cereal and milk. Exactly. Now, now it's the now, sushi. Exactly. Now enough soy sauce. So that's why I always find that they give too much soy sauce. I find they that give just enough. Okay, now is that an indication that you use too little? Or you use too much? No, I use just enough. Actually, they give one of those fish uh, soy sauce things per sushi roll, but who ever said that that was the standard? Who made that the gold standard? Society. No, someone would have manufactured those bulbs of soy sauce fish looking... Soy sauce packets. Maybe you have Anunnaki conspiracy. Oh, so like who invented? Who thought? Okay, this is the perfect amount. Yeah, exactly. I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's but good. anyway, <laughs> we shall report back as to who won the sushi challenge. Indeed, I, I have a funny suspicion about uh, the winner. Well, actually, so do I. So do I. Anyway, Henry, it's been fantastic to see you. I feel as like look this this. Podcast was a bit weird. Not weird, just unique. I think we spent a lot of time talking about the business idea. Mm. So if you do have some thoughts, let us know. Check out shepherdbridgetower.com. Like us on Instagram on saba.lira. Send us your feedback. Thoughts, your concerns. Exactly. Just your general Ideas. feeling, your vibe. Mm. What's, you know, keeping you up at night or not. Or, 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 also, what's allowing you to sleep well? Just yeah. send us whatever you have. Nonetheless, till next time, hopefully we'll remain friends. I'm Shepard Richtow. And I'm Henry Dubois.